0: From Venturex Studios, it's J.P., Kathy, and the crew.
1: Hello. So, welcome to the show. Welcome to J.P., Kathy, and the crew. A special shout-out to the crew, um, especially Michelle. I hope you are feeling better, Um Prayers and love are coming your way, girl, from the crew um, and all kinds of folks. So you're on all kinds of prayer list. Um, we are. We've got lots to do, lots to talk about today. We've got State Senator Angela Paxton um, back on for a special segment. Of course, she was with us throughout the regular session, but now we are into our third special session here in the great state of Texas. Um, redistricting, obviously being a huge ginormous topic that's being tackled this time around. And, um, she's going to be updating us on what's going on and all that kind of good stuff. We also, um, if we have time, I've got a story I want to get to, um, after we talk to Dr. Good from the Ask Dr. Be Good show. Um, Uh, Workers going on strike at a Kellogg's. um, uh, Kellogg's here in the United States. Some of the plants are possibly in jeopardy of shutting down and um, just some interesting stuff with that very much as, it, you know, a lot of this has to do with the current administration versus the last administration as far as workers and unions and things like that being um, happy and not happy. So um want to get into that story if we can today. If not, Friday we'll get into that story. And Friday we will have Congressman Van Taylor on. So... Busy, 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 but um, let's go ahead and talk with, speaking of the federal government and the Justice Department um, specifically, um, Dr. Rebecca Good of the Ask Dr. Be Good show. How long, Dr. Good, how long have you been doing um, podcasts and radio with us now? I don't know if we, I, I think you may be muted or volume down. Okay. Oh, there we go. I, know, I, I can I can hear you now. Okay, so how, yeah, how long have you been with us doing? Because I know you've been on our radio show as a regular um, correspondent forever and ever. And then uh, was it three years ago that you started your own podcast? How, how long have you yes. been doing this gig with us? How long ago do so, we suck you into this web?
2: <laughs> I have been doing podcasts for about over three years, for sure. Over three years, oh. I started uh, doing 30-minute podcasts as part of the uh, the legacy district, you know, just bringing news and, and, you know, current events that were happening there. And then after a couple of years there, I branched off and added a second podcast of my own, the Ask Dr. Be Good Show. And actually we did radio first, right? Yes, that's right.
1: Yep. You were Sunday on the radio. Yep. That's right.
2: Yeah. And then uh, when you guys left to do podcasts, I went with you. And so how long have you been...
1: Doing, Gosh, this has know, been this has been over over a year now. And you were one of our very first um, shows on the network. Yeah. So um we appreciate that. And of course, every time we think, well, there's not much new you can talk about with the world of education. It's like every day there's something new going on. And um and I think this is very interesting. You know, we were talking about um uh, what was it last week or week before last about the um, school suspensions and how things of that nature are turning um, I just heard a statistic and and I was driving so I didn't get to write it down but I will be looking it up today and I was going to send it over to you and JP and that is about um, that it we have got a hundred year high as far as an increase in the murder rate um, you know it just it, this is these are scary times these are very un you know kind of fear of the unknown times um, the pandemic itself is one issue, but it seems like you've got alcoholism, drug addiction, spousal abuse, child abuse, suicide. Now you're hearing murder is up. Um, where does it end? You know, and, and I tell you what, it, it, we're seeing some of this stuff play out in the schools.
2: We are. And that's, that's the, what I'm bringing today is that there are several national education organizations that have gone to the justice department and said, we need your help because uh, they're citing a disturbing spike in harassment against school personnel in recent months. And you and I have talked about that on the air, how we have had parents uh, actually rip masks off teachers, yell at teachers. Um, We've had uh, board meetings disrupted. And so, you know, they, and it's happened enough now and, and continually to where um, these national organizations like the National School Board Association and um, National Education Association for Teachers, that they would, um, they're seeking help on a federal level because uh, it just, it's ongoing. And, and it, it does certainly speak to what you're talking about and that is the, the unrest that is felt in society now you know, to defund the police. How's that working for
1: us? Right. Um, yeah. I, I tell you, Austin, you know, uh, crime in Austin. Um, and I've recently had uh, some folks I know go down there, not to be part of the legislative body, but just actually go down there. And that's that city is suffering from the lack of funding for the police. It's just it it's yeah. it's in it's statistical. It's in black and white. It is what it is. Um you've you've got to have some kind of um, law and order. You've got to have some kind of um, system that works so people are safe. And, again, I guess you you just think, and when you sent me this, I just thought, wow, you know, it's kind of like um, you, you think we always think, oh, well, okay, the safest place for kids to be, which in turn means the safest place for the teachers and the counselors and the school nurses and the cafeteria workers and the janitors and the admin it should be, a school building should be very safe. But right now we're looking at the crimes on TikTok that are being recorded with destruction of bathrooms and, you know, it just doesn't stop. Yes, Yes. so, and what is, that? talk about that. Somebody told me about that and I was like, okay, now y'all are just making that up. And they're like, no, this is a thing now. So talk about that to the crew.
2: Well, we're having, and it all goes together with this, threat of violence you know that that seems to be part of our world that we have to work so hard to um, stop making it part of our world but now instead of destroying bathrooms the latest tiktok for october the october challenge is to slap and they said slap a teacher but then i've also seen slap an educator slap school personnel and it could be anywhere from across the face to the rear end and of course, that uh, uh, you know,
1: uh, uh. that is going oh to
2: cause a legal issue. I would highly, highly encourage any parent and grandparent mm. who uh, is listening to say to their darling child, if if you even are close to somebody who's thinking about this. You need to back away. Absolutely. I will not protect you if you put your hands on a school person. Yes, you know? any anywhere okay. on that
1: school personnel. And how crazy yeah. is that? So you're encouraging because you're, you know, you're an education advocate. You're supportive of the teachers, the parents, the kids. How do they all, you know, stand up and fight for their right? Did you ever think this is some this is some type of advice in all your 30 years of education that you would have to give to, to a parent or grandparent, which is don't put your hands on the teacher in the form of a slap on their rear end, their face, their head, their back, anything? Well, no, and My of course, goodness. I never thought I'd have
2: to ask parents not to rip a mask off a teacher's face yeah, or yeah. not to get in a teacher's face and yell at her and, and to, you know, we all are allowed to have our views about masks and vaccines, but we're not allowed to carry them to the point of violence. Yeah. And so somehow we're, we're letting ourselves as adults cross lines that were never crossed before. And so, you know, that, that's what these conversations continually need to be about is folks. Somehow we have started crossing lines and it's not okay. And, and our kids are watching us by the way. Our kids are watching us cross those lines. And then all of a sudden we have a TikTok challenge of slapping personnel. And so, gosh, I wonder if some of that is because they're seeing that adults are putting their hands on school personnel. And so that must be okay
1: it's not okay well and that kind of goes back to um and 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 i know you were part of this conversation with jp and i um years ago when we when we first started doing radio together and that was we were always talking about the preteens and the teens who and this is you know five six years ago i'm talking about a conversation that we were having where you know okay you know hey preteens and teenagers don't get online and bully kids you know we were talking about how kids it used to be at 3 30 at least the bullying stopped at 3 30 on a weekday and you got to go home and have a reprieve but then it started online and so we were we were really telling parents hey you've got you've got to lock your kids down on this this is not okay this is a threat this is not right to do and all of a sudden, and I know you've seen it because you're active on social media, we've got adults who are well into their 50s, and I'm sitting there saying, are they saying these things to each other online? So uh, what kind of example are we setting for our kids right. at this point? It's like we, we've we gone to the dark side. You know, instead of being, being you know, an example for them, we've kind of gone the opposite way.
2: Well, and so that, that's the thing that we have to bring to everyone's attention is folks if we have gone this slippery slide of being more and more vocal now putting our hands on folks and no um let we we need to start pulling back and you know um, the show i'm going to start the show sunday with this and then i'm going to lead it to something i saw on linkedin which The number one uh, leadership trait that is needed in today's world is empathy. And then I saw an article that says how to grow empathy in your kids. And I went, oh, my gosh, that's perfect. We never needed empathy more and how to train our adults and our kids to to be nicer to each other, right? And so uh, this is a perfect flow. Because right now what happens is that the Justice Department has announced that it's going to form a task force with members from its criminal, national security, and civil rights divisions to determine how to address attacks that rise to criminal offenses federally and locally. And the department says it plans to create specialized training and guidance for local school boards and school administrators on how to report threats and collect evidence. For possible prosecution, so just what we need is more, uh, o- you know, oversight from uh, the you know the federal government and tell- more training from them and so forth. So it's like goodness gracious! Now we're having to uh, we can't police our own selves, right? Now we right. have to go to the justice department and get help from different agencies and get a you know give us more training so that we can defend ourselves against our own school stakeholders
1: yikes right yeah uh, yeah it's so, uh, it's just it's it's unreal that we're we're at a point now where we have to have again I'm going to go back to the, the fact that you're having to have discussions about viral social media things with the kids I, you know I go back to you you have to tell your kid have the conversation don't slap a teacher you have to have a conversation hey don't destroy you know a property in the school bathroom um, all of these things and then how do you how do you how, how do you reconcile this is it because of the pandemic is it just because of the times is it because kids are so desperate to get that attention that they'll put anything on social media is it that the parents are modeling anger to the kids you know I just I'm I'm just curious what's going on there
2: well it's a combination of things when it when you have a a well-run school with teachers who have been able to connect with their students then teachers being able to talk about this to their classes and the kids respond because there's good school spirit going on. They love their school. They love their teachers. They love their, you know, other personnel. They wouldn't dream of doing this, but it's it's in those schools that are messy. You know, I, I um, as you've heard me say, I, I offer my services to people who have um, come up against a school issue, um, and, and I have never lost against a school because when it comes to that level, usually if it gets that messy, the school is, has done something wrong and and that's that's where you will find the the messiest and the the most videos coming out from the schools is where you have kids who have not been helped to connect with the personnel there to to love their school building to want to protect their school building right and so it that's part of A school job, even before COVID, that was part of our work. You know that, right? Oh, yeah. That's why you did drill team, and you have other things that help kids connect to the school when they don't connect through math, reading, or science, right? Social studies. So um, there are ways of making kids feel like school is a second home that they should love and protect, and so I would say to those schools that are having lots of bathroom issues or kids that actually put their hands on personnel, um, yes, that's, a, that's an issue that sh- should be addressed with that child or those kids that are doing that. But it's also, let's look at what we're not doing maybe in connecting with all of our kids to make sure they love our building and love us as much as we love them,
1: right? Right, right. And, and again, it, it goes back to, uh, these are difficult times. Um, I don't think anybody in the world of education, uh, you know, at least not any any of the folks who I know who are, you know, currently educators or they've got kids in school, everybody's taking all of the issues out there. Health and health. And when we talk about health and, and you and I have talked about this, You JP and I have talked about this till we're blue in the face and we'll keep doing it. That also means mental health. So if you've got a kid who's willing to go and do one of these viral videos where they are literally physically slapping a teacher, face, rear end, whatever. I mean, you start talking about rear end. Okay, well, I think back to my days when I taught at a senior high, when I was just out of college. If you had, you know, a, 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 you know, a situation where a young man is striking, you know, a a, a, fem- a young female teacher – or, or it doesn't matter what age really if you're hitting somebody on the rear end then that becomes a sexual harassment issue so i don't yeah. know are the are the kids who are doing this for whatever reason that is you know dr good do you think they're doing it um just because they're desperate for that attention do you think do they not realize did our are, are kids are we in such a warped time in our in our world that that the what happens virtually people can separate that from what really happens is really happening in real life. Like maybe well, that doesn't you know, count if it's online or something. I don't know. We've had, we've had a lot of our kids home for a year and a half. Yep.
2: They've been back in school for seven or eight weeks. Many of them for the first time in a year and a half, they're still trying to find their way that uh, they, they think it's funny and they're challenged by their peers to, to do one of these challenges. And they're, they're there really for their peers, especially in secondary, where we know, especially middle school, where we know that that's the age group that most needs peer interaction. And if, um, you know, if the school hasn't connected with them yet to have them care for the school, then they're going to find a different outlet. And it looks like they have. And remember there's that brain. um, We've we've learned that the brain reacts to these messages on um, these responses on the on the devices like it's sugar do you remember that do you remember oh, hearing that and, y- y- and
1: i think so, did you do a show on that or a segment because I, it, i'm associating yeah. that with you okay yeah okay yeah yep
2: and so what what we've learned about the brain is that when kids put a post out there and then they get responses and likes yep. and such the brain of the sender is is rewarded like a sugar high. Right. And you've heard that it's just as hard to get off sugar as it is cocaine and all that. Oh, um, it's a horrible, it's I mean,
1: really hence do. the reason you've got so much um, type two diabetes around, especially even in younger kids. Um, yeah, I, it, it's, it's an addiction. And, and I think in your right social media, <laughs> it's up it, there with crack it, cocaine. <laughs>
2: It rewards the brain. The brain is seeking that. And so these kids are rewarded. And they're not thinking long-term. And remember, the brain is not fully formed in in adults until 25. And so you've got these not fully formed brains that have been home for a year and a half. And now they're being challenged by their peer group that they could hardly wait to be around to do these challenges. And then they put this post out. And boom, 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 they're getting all these responses and all these. The brain is just being rewarded like a little fireworks. And so that the long-term implications are not thought of. They're just not. It's right. all short-term. And so you have, you know, it sounds very simplistic, but um, again, it's the onus is on the school. That's the way it works. It so is. It work is. with parents, work with kids, work with pr- school personnel to get them trained well enough to understand how to get kids to love them and love their school enough to not want to hurt the school, right? Exactly. So there's, that's, that's just an additional an additional job that they have to do because of these tiktok
1: challenges so um i you just know, you stay know stay tuned and, yeah, stay like, tuned and, like and like see dr. see more of this i feel like i feel like this is I, it's it's almost like there each week you're, you you could add another really potentially destructive scenario do you think it slows down at some point
2: well you know i one can only hope but we're yeah. working towards that right yeah. oh, But i yeah. feel like dr C- uh, cobier Dr. Clothier who wishes he could talk about something else besides COVID, yeah. <laughs> um, or <laughs> yes. something you know induced by COVID. Well, same with me. It seems yeah. like um, I get don't get to talk about some other things because we have COVID impacted issues that pop up that that you know, need to be shared and and in some this case warned against. Right? Yes, we need to help. Uh, parents understand they they need to help their kids know the legal implications of putting your hands on school personnel. No, uh, no. Bueno.
1: I can't even like that's one thing, my, you know. And my mom was one of those. You know, my parents raised us very much. They you respect your elders, and you know they. If, if we did something at school, they're like, if the teacher, you know, if you get a note sent home or you get sent to the principal's office or anything like that, my parents were always, and I just knew this, they were going to take the teacher's side first. You know, until, until – you know, I was guilty until proven innocent because my parents said – there should never be a scenario where there's any kind of question about you showing respect for your teacher. I don't care if you don't like a grade. I don't care if you don't like who you're sitting next to. I don't care if you get called in and you don't get to go to PE, you know, whatever the case was, you will show that teacher respect. If you have a problem, you come home and talk to us. If there is an issue, we will discuss it with your teacher or with the principal. And I grew up and I didn't mess around. My brother and I didn't mess around, um, and and my dad's on one of our feeds right now, so he can tell you that we didn't mess around with that. <laughs> if you know, because we knew my parents weren't kidding, and they raised us where you there is no, there is no scenario where I would still be sitting here as an alive human being if I had ever slapped a teacher. Oh, my parents would have been like, "That's it, you're done." It just would never well, even, cross anybody's mind.
2: That's- Let's go back to the to last month's challenge of ripping um, bathroom equipment right. off the wall. E- even that, you would have gotten in severe oh. trouble if you had been involved in ripping stuff off walls in bathrooms, right? Uh, Just oh, that. I, would, even... I would
1: still be here at age almost 55 <laughs> with a broken arm. And my parents, I mean, my parents would have blistered my behind. it It is what it is. I would have literally not seen the light of day. And again, so I never thought, boy, when I went into that, you know, that girl's bathroom You know, boy, you wiped the sink down. You treated it with the same respect you treat your bathroom sink at home. Yeah. And that's it. No, No other thoughts entered into your mind. So it's how have we gotten to this point in society where, and it's kind of a rhetorical question, but how have we gotten to this point in society where we are just, if we're putting something out on social media or we're doing some kind of virtual challenge that, well, it's not real. Just like people think those words that they put on social media when they're cruel and cutting, would they? Would you actually go up to a person and say that to their face?
2: Well, I used to say no, but um, <laughs> I,
1: we do have
2: people who now, matter of fact, in this article it talks about a uh, a principal in uh, in Arizona who recounted in the uh, in a statement that an episode in August where seven people refused to leave her campus, demanding that a quarantined student be allowed to attend class. The situation led to a three-hour lockdown of the school's front office, three arrests, and after that, she was the target of intimidating voice messages, emails, and posts on social media, calling her a Nazi, a fascist, uh, using profanity, and being told to eat the end of a shotgun. I mean, that because she didn't want to put a quarantined student back in class. And so... You know, um, so we're having enough of these that it's causing a concern all the way up to the Justice Department.
1: It really is, and and I and I will be anxious to hear you um, follow up on this story because I think this is one of those things. If we're going to the high, you know, the highest level of government to deal with these issues. Um, so there's, there's gotta be a shift in the culture and there's, I, I don't know what you do now. We've, we've got a couple of members of the crew who have um, said had um, Gail had a good idea. And Ann Guzman says for a year and a half, so many of those children had no attention unless it was from social media, TV, video games, cell phone, and now virtual learning. And um, it's and uh, too many of those children have, so there's no reality Basically, she said in all caps, "No reality in their lives." So, if everything is done through a device, then do, again, that human interaction—you know—I I don't know. I mean, so we're we're going towards they—they're not getting attention from a normal like people on a regular basis, kind of a thing. And then Gail had a great idea. Um, well, she, and and Gail said she said, "I wish that parents would get more involved now too." And I think, and yeah. that's that's. I think from the dawn of time, again, if you have parents who are involved in your school experience, you're going to make more out of your school experience. It it just is. It is is what it is. Um, Now, Gail had a great idea. What about somebody, these schools starting TikTok challenges? Because, again, this is what speaks to this generation. And she's saying, why don't they do something where you prove and you show your school pride? So I would, and I, I think that's a great idea. And maybe we're old fashioned, Gail. But I think maybe if the schools turn it around and say, OK, TikTok's here, you know, five-year-olds mm-hmm. are on it. How do we use this to implement school pride? And You you can show people, you know, somebody giving a flower to the school nurse. You can show somebody bringing, you know, pizza to the school secretary. Um, You can show, you know, teachers and kids all decked out in school colors, high five, doing a little cheer or a little fun dance or something. So maybe let's make some positive things go viral. Maybe that's a challenge you can throw out on your show.
2: I will do that. I will, you know, let's flood TikTok with positive school stuff to the point where, um, you know, almost too much because that that would be great. I yep. think that's a great challenge. Thank you for that. And I'm gonna I'm, I won't wait till Sunday. I'll start putting that out to schools. I love um, it. I have a, uh, yeah, I love it.
1: I'll, well, I, I, the, Gail gets the credit on that one. I, I think it's a great idea. And then you have to hope that something like that takes because unfortunately our brains are trained. We go for when we want to see a picture of the train wreck. You know, I we gotta train our brains where we just want to see pictures of puppies and kittens uh you know we've got to we've got to start feeding ourselves with with positive things in our brain and positive images um we we just it's time it's just it's time and um and maybe so maybe maybe the crew's the one who helps helps you lead that effort so uh, there you go well okay (laughs) yeah there. Woohoo! okay so um tell people when how can they can follow you how they can get in touch with you um what time on sunday can they see you
2: Sunday, 8 a.m., 30 minute show goes by in five minutes, it feels like sometimes. (laughs) And um, it's on the Ask Doctor Be Good show on Facebook. And just like us or follow us, and you'll get notification. We'll see you there.
1: Sounds great. All right. Have a blessed rest of the week, Dr. Good, and we'll see you soon. Thanks. Bye bye. All right. So, um, yeah, it's just, and if you'll let me know, Brett, when um, Senator Paxton's in the waiting room, we have just gotten to a place where, you know what is this now of course now if parents get involved garland will send the fbi to arrest them oh gosh that's scary but i don't think i saw that article please put please put that one in oh and michelle we gave you a shout out at the beginning of the show sending prayers to you and just hoping you're doing better um all kinds of prayers surrounding you and lifting we're lifting you up so we love you um I don't think you were on earlier when we got a chance to shout out, give you that shout-out. So, anyways, we're going to have Senator Angela Paxton. This is the third special session um, that we've had in Austin. This is an extremely important session because we are looking at, you know, every 10 years we have the census comes out, and then every 10 years we redistrict accordingly. So, State House, um, you know, uh, Congress, all of these. So, at the state level and at the federal level, you you have the potential, especially if like a high growth area like Collin County, we are adding an additional seat. So it's really important. And um, you've got parties fighting against each other. Wow. Shocking. This is big news. Um, you actually have some who um, have, you know, have been drawn out of districts. So some folks are not happy right now. Um it very interesting dynamic that's going on. And we're going to be talking to Senator Paxton about that when she gets on. But in the meantime, I wanted to, um, to go over an article that, um, that I came across and it's interesting. JP and I were talking on Monday about, um, both of us running into folks who had talked about that. There's potentially another toilet paper shortage. Um, not because there's not enough toilet paper to go around, but because you've got ships that are anchored um, waiting to dock because there aren't enough workers to unload these trucks. Um, And I was talking with Brett um, after the show on Monday, and he's a logistics major in college. He's also the producer of our show. And he was discussing how basically these docks aren't big enough for the supply that's coming in. And if you don't have workers to move, the product and you don't have enough space for these ships to dock yeah then you've basically got folks who are just kind of circling around out in the ocean and that means the demand for certain products there's a problem with that so um, that was one of the things we had talked about the same gentleman who I had spoken with who said hey start stocking up on toilet paper again he mentioned cereal to me, and I didn't get a chance to mention that on the show Monday, but I thought that was interesting because I was like, I was like, oh, toilet paper and cereal. He, he talked about both of those to me. Well, here we go. It says workers go on strike, and this is coming out from NPR um, just last night. Um, workers go on strike against Kellogg's U.S. cereal plants. Um, uh, oh, uh, Omaha, Nebraska... Work at all of the Kellogg Company's U.S. cereal plants came to a halt Tuesday as roughly 1,400 workers went on strike. But it wasn't immediately clear how much of the supply of Frosted Flakes or any of the company's other iconic brands would be disrupted. The strike includes plants in um, Omaha, Nebraska, Battle Creek, um, I'm sorry, Omaha, Nebraska, Battle Creek, Michigan. Lancaster, Pennsylvania and Memphis, Tennessee. The union and the Battle Creek based company have been at an impasse at the bargaining table for more than a year, said Daniel Osborne, president of the local union of Omaha. The dispute involves an assortment of pay and benefit issues such as the loss of premium health care, Holiday and vacation pay and reduced retirement benefits. The company continues to threaten and send addi- the company continues to threaten to send additional jobs to Mexico. And this is a quote: "If workers do not accept outrageous proposals that take away protections that workers have had for decades," and this is Anthony Shelton, who is the president of the Bakery Confectionery Tobacco Workers and Grain Millers International Union. Um, that's a direct quote from him. The threat to move work to Mexico doesn't sit well with Osborne. A lot of Americans, and this is him quoting, I'm quoting him again, a lot of Americans probably don't have to to um, too much issue with the Nike or Under Armour hats being made elsewhere or even our vehicles. But when they start manu- manufacturing our food down where they are out of the FDA control and OSHA control, I have a huge problem with that, Osborne states. The company insists that it it offers it will offer fair um, and would increase wages and benefits for its employees. Um, said the average said they made an average of 120 um, last year. I would assume that's with benefits. We are disappointed by the union's decision to strike. Kellogg provides compensation and benefits for our U.S. ready to eat cereal employees that are among the industry's best, and this is. Uh, Kellogg spokesperson Chris Boehner who said this in a statement. Osborne said he expects the company to try to bring non-union workers into plants and at some point try to resume operations and maintain the supply of its products. The company acknowledged that it is implementing contingency plans to limit supply disruptions for co- for consumers. The plants have all continued to operate throughout the coronavirus pandemic Said, um, but Osborne said, for much of that time, workers were putting in twelve-hour shifts, seven hours, um, seven days a week, to keep up with production while people were out because of the virus. Um, This is this is huge. Again, I mean, think about, boy, you know, and and is is Senator Paxton okay? Let me know when when let me know when she's on. So um, you look at breakfast cereal, and that's. That is such a huge, 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 huge industry. We, um, I can't even imagine how many, you know, I mean, my kids, you know, now every, we, every, you know, my daughter and my son uh, throughout the years went on, you know, kind of, okay, was this for breakfast, that for breakfast? You know, sometimes it was, you know, hot, hot bowl of oatmeal with some fresh fruit um, and some honey on top. Um, you know, lo- we've gone through all different things. You know, when they had sleepovers, it would be like nine thousand donuts. Um, but cereal—that's a—I I mean, raise your hand if cereal's not a staple for breakfast in your home, especially if you've got kids. Um, you know, heck, my dad—he still—he he would sit down. You know, for a, a snack after dinner, he would sit down with a bowl of cereal as a snack. You know, um, even at nighttime. If cereal, if the supply chain for cereal is disrupted in our country, we are in trouble. The thing that really stuck out to me in this, and again, this is a difference in the two administrations. the trump and and you know what, like it or like it or lump it, it is what it is. Under the Trump administration, he was even able to work with these unions, which typically you don't have Republican presidents working with unions, but the unions really liked President Trump because he's like, hey, we're gonna make we're gonna make sure things like cereal that they're made in, in America. So again, so you can have the control of the FDA. You make sure these are safe products that are being put out on the market. Um, so you don't have a, another catastrophe in the healthcare industry. Um, and now, with a few you know swipes of the pen, Biden has made it easier for these companies to go. Eh, we're, we're gonna shift it all, and we're gonna do this out of a plant in Mexico. Well, I don't know that I'm going to be buying cereal for my family any longer if it's not being made in America. That's just it. We'll, we'll go to Pop-Tarts. Oh, that's healthy. I do love Pop-Tarts. Um but um you know, we would we would switch to something else. I would literally if if cereal was manufactured somewhere else outside of the United States, I I wouldn't buy that cereal. I I just I just wouldn't. Um so you know, this is why your vote matters. Your vote counts. And, um, I, yeah, just it just makes me crazy. Let's see. Okay, we've got some comments here. Um, <laughs> Dr. Good, of course, being the healthcare expert she is, since cereals are processed foods, it would be a good time to move away from eating that stuff. <laughs> there you go. Um, we don't eat cereal, really. We do eat oatmeal, though. Well, and see, Gail, I wonder, are some of those oatmeal products would that be shifted as well? Because, you know, that's I'm thinking of everything that's on that cereal aisle. I'm thinking of, you know, the granola bars, the breakfast bars, um, you know, the cup of cereal, cup of oatmeal, all that stuff. I wonder, would all of that end up being made somewhere else? And then, again, if it's if it doesn't shift there, but there is some kind of a, a strike where no one is going into work, what does that do to our supply? Um, so... I'm going after the show, and I'm going to buy cereal. <laughs> no, I, I probably am. Um, okay, let's see. Um, wait, what? no Pop-Tarts, Kathy. No, I know. I know that was my favorite snack when I was a kid. Um, okay, this is the results you get from a president from mail order. Yeah, and, and I'm, I, I'm, I, I tell you, I just again, you know, it's it's crazy that we can make this into something about. Um, about cereal, and let me let me see if um if we've got senator paxton coming on hold on one second before i go to another story um so it's one of those things that if if we've got a president who you've got if you're the president of the united states you should be pro usa whatever that means there should not There should not be able to be a threat of somebody moving a major, major staple in the American family's life. We shouldn't have to worry about those jobs, um, that industry being moved out of America. Um, You know, the the president of the union, I'm going to have to agree with him on this. If I'm going to buy my kid, you know, a ball cap or a T-shirt – from a sporting, you know, from a famous sports line, I'm not worried. You know, if it falls apart, okay, am I ticked that I spent money on a name brand thing and then it fell apart after a couple of times in the wash or a couple of times of wearing it, that's one thing. But putting something in your body that's not controlled in this country it, when it comes to something like cereal, that's that's scary. So that that's um that's that's of great concern okay um i'm going to go ahead and we're going to go while we're waiting for the senator we're going to go with another story uh okay i wanted to we didn't get a chance to get to this on monday um and and just let me know because i can always stop talking if she hops on she she was going to have meetings this morning so we might have to grab her grab senator oh she's uh look for her and if um if we can't get her on today we'll get her on um friday okay so um Sandy Hook, everybody remembers that. That was, oh, what a tragic day. What um, just unfathomable loss, loss of life with these precious, precious children. Um, how many of you guys know about a guy named Alex Jones? Um, he has now been ordered. I don't know if y'all had heard about this. He does, um, I guess, what folks, a lot of folks would consider cons- conspiracy-based um Things out there Um, and he got on TV and he was talking and I remember seeing a report on this and then watching it and I was just I I, I was I was dumbfounded I was just dumbfounded because these are parents who are literally at just dealing with grief that those of us who are parents couldn't couldn't understand but um, Alex Jones oh okay Alex Jones has been ordered to pay the bereaved parents of Sandy Hook um, that he called a hoax. He has been asked to pay them money. So we'll talk a little bit more about that later because in the meantime, we have got, and I think she's live at the Capitol, maybe right outside of the Capitol. Oh, look, we've got, oh, what a perfect view, Senator Paxton, how are you? Well,
0: I'm I'm doing well. I'm actually, you know, my, my hotel is uh, just the, as you can see, like a block off of the, of the Love Capitol. It. So it's uh, a. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Yep.
1: Love I was it. Like, love hey, it. I
0: can I can maybe yeah, I can maybe approximate a studio uh view today. You okay, did. You it, I'm so. I'm like, is
1: that real? Is that a real a real view? It looks yep. fantastic. Well, Senator, thank you so much. We know you are working round the clock this special session because there's some really imperative items including redistricting no pressure um on the table right now so if you can update us on what's going on in austin when does special session end what work do y'all still have to do i know um a number of us have seen the first um a first glimpse at the new map which for our area in your district um in your senatorial district we get one more house seat am i correct with that
0: yeah there's an additional house seat um in the maps that were just released, I think they, I think they came out yesterday morning if I'm, if I'm, right. if I'm, uh, keeping my day right. straight. Actually, I'm a little bit embarrassed. Uh, you said, what day does this special session end? And I, I'm I,
1: like, you're like, I, 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 think, I, I uh, and I, I think, think you had let, you had let me know before. I know all the days kind of run together. I think like, um, October 18th or 19th, somewhere right around there is the end of session. Yeah. And so there's a lot of work to be so done between now and then there.
0: There is. And, and typically, I mean, you've kind of seen this in all of the special sessions. Um, you know, we're able to move things pretty quickly through the Senate um, for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, we've got a good, uh, solid majority in the Senate. And so we have the votes to do it. But we also have 31 members as opposed to 150. Um, I, our people have been showing up. That always helps, right? Yes. So um, anyway, Being I'm, I'm, thankful though, I'm, I'm very thankful, though, uh, you know, when I say something like that, I do want to make sure that it's very clear. It's not our house reps that are the problem. You know what no. I mean? So, uh, you know, we we kind of give a hard time to the house, but it's not, it's not on account of our house reps, it's uh, the Democrats that have, um, you know block things but but yeah um we passed out on monday we passed the um senate map redistricting map we passed the state board of education map
2: yesterday
0: we considered in committee and voted out of committee the congressional map um and then um we saw the house map and then um we also passed 2 election related bills one was the audit bill okay. um, on the floor and one was the um, restoration of the criminal penalties that i mean you guys have seen you know a, a lot of, of um about, Oh about but yes. that got corrected there was something that had come back from the house it wasn't in the original senate bill that we sent over in s1 so we got that uh, corrected on the house floor and so, all of those things have now gone over to the House. The okay. House is considering—I um, think they were considering the girls' sports bill um, this week. Um, but we'll be back in session on Friday to consider the um, the congressional map on okay. the floor.
1: Okay. and
0: um, maybe maybe some other things uh, along the way. But uh, that's that's kind of where things are. And yes, uh, we did get an additional seat in. Um, the in my Senate district. Yes. So one of the things that uh, I was talking with some of the House members, one of the things that I'm not quite sure this happened in the House this, this is the map recommended by the House. Um, the numbering is a little uh, perplexing because it looks like the, there's a there's a district that is very discontinuous. From the previous district 70, which is Scott Sanford's seat, right? Um, in another place, so you know, I i would encourage people, you know, kind of step back and look at it as just where the districts are, um, and not so much about the numbers. Um, I'm not really sure why it got numbered that way, I think that caused maybe some
1: undue. I think um, some folks were just confused. Everybody's like, What, is, what does this mean? Well, yeah. again, look at look at the shape look at the neighborhoods included the businesses included you know you want to look and see is it a fair representation of the folks who live in that in that particular house district so I but I, I think you're right people have kind of gotten hung up on the other.
0: Yeah another interesting thing um, last night I ran into Florence Shapiro. oh who, yeah um, was the, that was the senator three people back. Yeah, uh, from me. So yeah. prior to me was Van Taylor. Prior to Van was uh, was my husband Ken, and then prior to Ken was Florence Shapiro. Right, and uh, she and I were talking about the Senate map, and this is very interesting. She said when she ran for the Senate the first time, um, she served num- a number of terms, but her first term she actually represented Plano, and she represented Hunt County, and Rains County, um, in addition to a number of other. Uh, counties that went all the way out to Tyler and so um, you know we don't a lot of the folks that live in Collin County have moved in right I mean it's right. part of the growth in the last 10-20 uh, years and so sometimes we don't always know the history of the districts or whatever but um, as as uh, some of the listeners may know we've got now it's all of the Con- uh, Senate District Day would be all of Collin County with the exception of Frisco and Richardson. And then it extends, but it would be all of Collin County. Um, include, And then it also attaches Hunt and Rains County, okay. uh, which are great, great counties. But there's actually history um, in our representation. Interesting. Um, Connected them. i didn't and i didn't know that yeah back back in
1: the day and now that i'm thinking back you know and and i i remember you know working on her campaigns as a volunteer back in the day through headquarters and yeah yeah you're right we kind of go back to history and 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 they were included so very interesting very interesting well um what are your thoughts on um how do you think things are going to go on the house side? You know, like you said, it's, it's pretty easy. You guys, y'all show up in the Senate, y'all, y'all, you know, y'all, y'all done each special session that the governor's called y'all, you know, stepped up to the plate and then it gets, it gets to the house. And again, we understand that, you know, 150 folks, that's, that's a lot more cat, hat, cats to herd, I guess is, is the term I'm looking for. So what do you think will pass um, do you think that that redistricting, is there going to be any kind of an issue that breaks down that possibly calls for another special session? Because that's another thing. People have seen some of the maps, and they're like, oh, that's not acceptable. Okay, there will be a fourth special session. Is that just rumor out there, or where's what are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, it's, it's certainly a rumor I've heard. And, you know, again, you're talking about, um, you know, these maps affect, the members themselves, right? Directly. And so you're always going to have, um, some pretty strong opinions, that, uh, from folks that maybe are not on the committee and, and, um, don't like it, or even that are on the committee because we have to pass maps that, uh, I mean, they affect everyone, right? Yes. So we have, we always built in buffer for it to take two sessions.
1: Okay. Um,
0: that was, that was done up front because what we don't want is to not have the ability to get it done, right? That right. creates a whole other set of problems. You know, our goal is that the filing deadline stays the same and that our primary stays in place in yes. March. And we don't have to bump back or anything yes. like that. So we've room uh, to get it done with those things uh, staying intact, um, even if we do have to have another session. So I don't know that that's going to be the case on the, on the Senate side. I don't, I don't see that, but um, you know, it's hard to say, uh, it's hard for me to speak for the house, but um, I think that, I think that we've got room to get, to get it finished. Even if we do end up having to have a second uh, special session over it.
1: Right. So, so again, that options out there. and, And if, and again, we don't know that that's going to come to fruition. The house may, every. We might be pleasantly surprised everything gets taken care of, Um, but I'm glad to hear you say the date that our primary is, the date that the filing deadline is for somebody, you know, if all of a sudden you've got a new district created, well, okay, people are trying to decide right now, do I run, do I not run? Um, We still have time backing it up, even if We have to go to another special session to get the redistricting done and that taken care of. So that so that's at least that's that's reassuring to me who's somebody who's involved in that um, that process with helping with things like victory and helping the party with things like that. Those are specific dates that you have to count on in order to plan in advance. You know, I mean, you've got, you know, that's taxpayers dollars you're you're messing with right there when you talk about elections. And if you're having to push primaries back or anything like that, that does become a problem.
0: Yeah, it really does um, on all kinds of levels. Right. And so, um, you know, that's one of the things that's difficult about the special sessions is and I'm just talking from a personal standpoint is it makes it hard to plan your life. Right. Yes. Um, you know, I can look back backward and count the number of days, you know, that I'm actually on the floor or whatever, but I don't know what it looks like going forward. And so, you know, there are a lot of it's, it's impacted my ability to be at events in the district that I had hoped yeah. to be. And, you know, I just kind of try to do my best to, to be at things and stay connected with people. Um, I appreciate the opportunity to stay connected uh, with your listeners in this format um and actually if you don't mind me doing a, a quick little uh commercial
1: well i um, was hoping I you're going to talk uh, about uh, talk about um do your commercial but then i also wanted you to talk about the announcement that you did with your um 100 women uh group um so uh, so go right ahead the floor is yours oh uh,
0: well, thanks kathy and thanks for being there uh, that morning
1: i wouldn't have missed um, it
0: kept talking about my my announcement that i'm uh, seeking re-election uh did at the very end of august but i just gathered a, a a group of close friends uh family and uh that have have been such an impact on my life and kathy i appreciate so much your impact um and and support encouragement just as a as a woman and a friend and uh, that was what these that's who these women are and uh anyway we we uh, met in McKinney at the Belladonna Chapel, actually, which was a beautiful time, and we prayed together um, about, uh, you know, where our nation is, where our, uh, a state is, where our district is, and um, so anyway, I am officially running again, and I'm looking forward to that, and um, you know, it's, uh, we've got a lot to deal with, and, and I wanted to just let people know, you can go to my website, AngelaPaxton.com, and you can sign up for the newsletter to stay up with things. We've got a blog block coming up on the 16th, a couple Saturdays out. Love for you to be part of that. You can find that on the website, AngelaPaxson.com. And then also, you can click, you can endorse. I'd love to have your endorsement. Uh, You can volunteer. Um, There's a button that says, I'm with Angela. But the other thing I wanted to let people know about is we're going to do a listen, learn, lead, kind of a virtual town hall um, at the end of October, and um, we're going to be talking about border security. And I know that oh, at the front of everyone.
1: yes. Yes, yes, yes.
0: Talking, we'll also talk a little bit about the constitutional amendment. That's uh, coming up in November, and early voting will be starting pretty quick, um, uh, in about two weeks, I think. And one of those amendments is the amendment to uh, prohibit churches ever being closed by uh, government yes. order during emergency. Yes, So. Anyway, this is where you literally change the Constitution, folks. You vote. A constitutional amendment means the people vote to make this part of our Constitution.
1: And this is the um, texas constitution if somebody's just turning in and this is you know and voter turnout and i know i'm preaching to the choir with you senator paxton it's always so low you know i was just talking to somebody the other day and they're like it's really not that big of a deal if i get out and vote this november i'm just waiting to vote in november of 2022 and i said whoa time out let me tell you why it is so important to vote and especially because a lot of the um, different cities and counties around the state also have bond proposals on, on, that, um, on that November uh-huh. um, you know November ballot. So the fact that so few people turn out, you can determine do churches stay open during a pandemic situation. That's a big deal. Yeah, yeah.
0: there, there, there are some important things on that ballot. And, and you know, with that said, I would really encourage all of your listeners to make sure that you make contact with your pastor to publicize this vote, because yes. you know, that the bill that I carried to keep churches open um, and to prohibit government closure, that idea came from a pastor in the district. And so, um, you know, but sometimes people get all riled up when things are, you know, passing the legislature, but they don't know about what's the next step, what's the next step. And so we want to seal the deal uh, with this constitutional amendment. And um, I really I want to give a shout out also to Matt Shaheen who was so instrumental in um, this effort on the on the House side.
1: Absolutely, and we just kudos to both of y'all. Um, very much appreciated. You know, Lathan Watts of First Liberty has talked a little bit about this on our show, and you know these these are extremely important things. It's just this kind of stuff is just as important because this these are changes potential changes as to how your state you know, is treated or how how churches are treated in all all different kinds sure. of things, because there's a number of, of constitutional amendments that are up this time. But and we sure. may maybe even if you can come back um right before or when early voting starts and just give us an update on the constitutional amendments, how people can get your opinion on that, how can they do more research on that? That would be really a big help.
0: No, I, I'm I'm glad to do that, Kathy, and um and also let me I, I wanted to also mention uh, Jeff Leach was the author in the House of the constitutional yes. amendment uh, yes. legislation, so I, I, I don't want to uh, leave him out. So so important. I, yes. We've got a great delegation of folks that you know we're in a place now where we're actually having to pass laws to um, support things that are already in our bill of rights and which is Um, crazy but
1: you've got a better safe than sorry because if it comes in front of a judge you don't want there to be any questions whatsoever it's almost like texas is having to protect itself from the federal government yes
0: yeah Um, we call it belt and suspenders Um, every you know every kind of backup plan
1: yep so, and and, and uh, I love it that you, know, you guys yeah. are, are ahead on that, and especially that we have folks like Jeff Leach and Matt Shaheen who are taking a lead in Texas, um, and and standing up for what we the people really already, like you said, already have in place, but just reiterating that yep. so we can't have it lawsuited out of our privileges of freedom.
0: Yeah. Well, we've got all kinds of things. I mean, I know um, you know Candy Noble and I have uh, both have legislation on these vaccine mandates. Yep. Um, you know, I'm getting calls every day about folks that are like, this is what my company just announced, you know, and now they're, you know, things like there's a company in Louisiana that announced that employees and their spouses have to get vaccinated. Um, then, and, you and
2: know, this is I'm
1: crazy. not
0: No, it's, it's unbelievable that <sighs> the, the uh, just the micromanagement of human decision making, yeah. and it goes against the, the very essence of what, What freedom is about. And so, um, you know, again, I would like to encourage your listeners. My my website, AngelaPaxson.com, if you've got specific examples of, um, you know, this kind of um, experience at your company, let us know. Because that matters. And call the governor's office. Say, we need this on the call. These vaccine mandates with private companies. And the lieutenant governor's office and the speaker's office, and ask them to refer them to committee. Absolutely. Candy Noble and Angela Paxton both have bills in the Senate and the House.
1: So, um, and, and these um, are these that. are important. I mean, this really this 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 makes a difference. Um, again, things that you never you would never in a million years think we would have to discuss. But if we've got to put something in place, by the way, of a constitutional amendment, we've got to do whatever we have to do to protect individual liberty. Just at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to, is to protect we the people's freedom. And, and we appreciate you, Senator Paxton, just being such a fighter for we the people and such a champion for we the people. And uh, very excited that you're running again and look forward to voting for you and just uh, really appreciate your time with the crew. And hopefully we'll see you soon to talk more about kind of just go over a list of the constitutional amendments and how people can do research on that before they go to vote.
0: Excellent, excellent. Love to do it, and thanks, Kathy, for everything you do to be a voice, a megaphone for freedom.
1: Good job, girl. <laughs> All right, love you, girl. Have a good one. All right, see you, you soon. Too. Okay. All right, Bye. thank y'all so much. Um, much love to the crew. Um, love you guys. Y'all have got some great questions here, and and so some of this we're gonna. We'll follow back on um, up on uh, Friday. We've also got Congressman um, Van Taylor, who will be um, uh, coming on the show on Friday. Um, he's been off the last two weeks with a lot of stuff going on in D.C., so he's got tons to report to us, um, lots of good updates. And I'm, I'm hoping we'll have a chance with him on Friday. If not, we'll do it the next week. Um, there's a number of every year he does a, a, a ceremony where he um, gives uh, awards, rewards, um, Uh, folks who have been, who are veterans, who served, you know, in just such an incredible manner in the military, and then come back to serve in their community as a volunteer and as a leader in the community. And he's got a great list that has um, a number of our, a couple, actually two members of the crew, at least that I know of, who have made that list, who are going to be um, honored um, here in the end of October. So I look forward to seeing uh, Congressman Taylor on Friday. y'all so much have a wonderful wonderful day get out there and make sure you study what's going on in this texas constitutional amendment election this it's your your voice your vote and right now we're at a time and place in our country and in our state and in our counties and our cities where you've got to stand up you've got to stand up for those individual liberties and um if not don't want them taken away you don't want to see what happens then so let's so let's stand up for individual liberty and let's stand up for let's stand up for our country and uh what it stands for anyways you guys have a great one we will see you soon um uh we've got on friday jp and i'll be back then we've got this pink cloud and they've got a great show i think he's got caleb who is an author that is a, a dear friend of jp's Um, who's got a book deal being turned into a movie deal. I think that's his guest on this Friday. Of course, his guest last week was Dogs Matter, and they um, were actually given a donation on the Kelly Clarkson show after they were on This Pink Cloud last Friday. Then we've got Snarky Parenthetical. We've got um, our Veterans show, Kiori's Conversation. Then we've got Ask Dr. Be Good show, and then we started all back over on Monday. And then Lisa... I'm Shastine, my co-host of Heart and Soul of Texas Women. She should be back in studio with me. Um, She's dealt with COVID again, um, pneumonia. So keep praying for her and her family, and we will see you soon. Love y'all. Bye.